Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jacob Barr. I'm here with Walt Blackman, and we're going to talk about Arizona law and how it is postured with abortion and, and how it protects life and what the future might hold for Arizona. So, Walt, I am excited to, to have you on today on the Pro-Life Team podcast. Would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a small group of executive directors of Tracy Clinics and maybe some pro-life leaders? Okay. Well, thanks for having me on. I do appreciate it. I'm Walt Blackman, and I'm a, the current state representative in Legislative District 6, uh, which covers uh, the majority of northeastern Arizona. It is the second largest district in the United States, um, and it is a very diverse district. And uh, because it's so diverse, we have a lot of different issues. And one of those issues are uh, the rate of abortions that we see on the Navajo Nation and the black and brown communities, um, uh, which is at an alarming rate when it's actually uh, less than 3% black Americans in Arizona. Um, I am a pro-life advocate. I have been uh, my whole entire adult life. When I got into the legislative body, um, I decided to run some pro-life legislation that would protect the baby in the womb, would allow mothers to receive counseling along with the uh, the fathers. I think they they're, uh, have an important part in this too. It's just not a mother's burden that she has to carry. It's the young man's responsibility to uh, make sure that um, he is there with um, the mother. Um, so the legislation I have, that I have ran is actually speaks to the Arizona statute that's already on the books, 11-1305. And that statute actually puts abortion uh, in our criminal code. 1305 is the Arizona statute criminal code. And under that statute, it does say that um, if a unborn baby is uh, killed um, from neglect uh, from anyone, that it is considered first-degree murder in Arizona. So it's already on the statute. Uh, this past year, we um, voted for a 15-week ban uh, for abortion. So the difference between my bill and the 15-week ban is that uh, mine starts at conception and the 15-week ban actually started right then at 15 weeks where you can't abort, abort uh, a baby. I do see that uh, after uh, Roe v. Wade was lifted, um, that Arizona will have to either choose the 15-week ban or the original statute that's on the books. Um, the people that I am talking to are actually leaning more towards the statute, the 1305, 1101-1305, which makes it uh, a criminal act to abort a baby. And uh, I, I, the pro-life advocates that, uh, again, as, I, as I've been speaking with around the state, they are for that statute. Of course, it needs to be updated because it's territorial law. However, um, I think it can be in the next legislative body. When I go to Congress, I plan on running legislation um, and viability of, the, of a person. So what it does right now, the left and the um, Planned Parenthood groups, uh, they can uh, easily um, uh, write abortion um, legislation um, because they are not defining the baby as a baby. They are defining the baby as a fetus. Uh, 
Um, and as long as the baby is considered a fetus, then the type of legislation that um, you've that you will see coming out of the left in the House and in the Senate um, will federalize to make abortions legal in states. If you turn that in, you turn that to viability of livelihood of a person, then that baby falls under the 14th Amendment, equal protection under law, which um, also we know um, protects all Americans and all citizens from uh, harm. And if anybody does harm that citizen, then they are subject to the penal code um, in the federal legislation and also on the state. So that's what I plan on doing. Wow. That's a, so how does Roe being overturned, how, how do you think that's going to affect um, future, uh, the future of legislation and laws when it comes to being the power being returned to the states and state, um, yeah, the state, you know, the state of Arizona in this case, having having a voice on this, um, and I guess also, what was it? What was the numbers again for the Arizona statute that you mentioned? Was it? You said 11, 13, 13, 1305. Okay. It's in the um, Okay. Um, so, how do? Where do you see the future of? You know, with, with was that when was that one written? When was the eleven thirteen oh five? I couldn't tell you when it was written. Um, it uh, it's an it's an old piece of legislation, and it's part of territorial law. It was carried over uh, when Arizona became a state. Um, so Arizona's oh, had wow. the strictest abortion laws on the books uh, since statehood, or right before statehood. Um, how Roe v. Wade will affect states, uh, in particular Arizona, is that Roe v. Wade, we all know that Roe v. Wade wasn't law, and it was opinion. The Supreme Court does not make law. They interpret the law, and they give opinions based on those law. The only body that can make law is the Congress. The left knows this, and their narrative was always, it's law because it's the Supreme Court. We know that the left knows that the Supreme Court ruling of Roe v. Wade was never laws because they are trying to push federal legislation to federalize election, I mean, uh, federalize abortions to make those abortions legal in all the states. So they knew it was never law. So they are in an active method, the method to, uh, in, in Roe to do this. And states can protect themselves by, first of all, exercising their statehood, their sovereignty, and writing strict abortion, abortion laws into their state legislative process and into their state constitution. That's how they'll be able to protect themselves because this will go back down to the states where it belongs um, and the federal government um, based on uh, the, uh, um, how the law is written, uh, they, they can't interfere with states. Um, so the 10th Amendment plainly uh, lays it out that states um, have the power to uh, mandate if they feel like laws are unconstitutional. Mm. Um, can you speak more to how abortion has impacted the the black, brown, and Navajo um, communities more so than the Caucasian or European um, groups, perhaps? Yeah, when you when you look at the Navajo Nation, uh, the majority of Navajo Nation, the people in Navajo Nation. Indigenous people typically are Democrats, so they have bought into that. However, Democrats 
um, that have actually cornered the market on the, the Navajo Nation or, in, or indigenous nations. They haven't really talked to them about the effects of abortion. abortion. They, they uh, merited off as women's, uh, a women's health um, and uh, choice, but they're not really talking about the, the effects uh, on their communities and generations to come. When we're talking black and brown, I can particularly speak to the, the black community um, third, uh, the black community uh, as a whole, we occupy uh, 13% of the country. However, 48% or 38% of the abortions are by black women, are performed on black women in the later terms. And we're talking this seventh, eighth, and ninth month. So this is clearly not women's health, it's more of an extinction. So if you remember Margaret Sanger, when she said, don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the black race. Thus comes Planned Parenthood, uh, Roe v. Wade, and as a result of that, the population, the black community should be at 16%. It is sitting, hovering around 13% of the voter base. So it was clearly a plan to weed out and exterminate, exterminate the black community in a way uh, that w it would cut down on our percentage of representation in the country. The brown, the brown community, the Latino community, is, is in a similar is in a similar type of, of issue. Here in Arizona, there are more Latino abortions because the Latino population is, of course, higher than the black population. So per capita, you're going to see more Latino abortions. You'll, you won't find a Planned Parenthood like in places, affluent places like Fountain Hills or Beverly Hills or, or these affluent uh, white communities. You just won't find them there. You'll find them on the outskirts, but you won't find them behind the closed, locked uh, gates uh, going into communities. However, you drive through a black or brown community, you will find that there are more Planned Parenthoods in these types of communities than there are anywhere in the United States. When it comes to abortion being available in Arizona, what's the future hold for that when it comes to Planned Parenthood being allowed to provide surgical abortions in Phoenix and Tucson and Arizona? Well, first of all, we can't fund these uh, these uh, Planned Parenthood organizations uh, with any taxpayer dollars. That needs to stop. Um, we know that abortion procedures are their 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 revenue, their their cash bank, and they get more dollars for abortions than they do for women's health preventive me uh, maintenance or methods and counseling. Um, so, I would like to see if uh, Planned Parenthood is going to have any type of role. Um, in this new age of um, the uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, that they actually do what they're supposed to do. And when we're talking about uh, um, um, giving uh, the programming, the counseling, the uh, mitigation of tools to prevent a pregnancy so abortion doesn't become um, the, uh, the only option for, uh, for these women that go in. A big, a big part of it is also is women's health. And, and I understand the difference between women's health and infanticide or in women's health and a six-month uh, abortion. I understand those are different. Um, those efforts are not uh, uh, women's health. 
they're using abortion as birth control. And that's what uh, Planned Parenthood is doing. I'd like to see them stick to the counseling and also the preventive measures um, in women's health, mammogram appointments, and so on and so forth. So they can uh, they can effectively take care of women when they walk through their doors. So with Roe versus Wade being overturned and returning that power to the states, which um, state uh, which um, state officials or state positions in local government might be the most impactful and you know, which ones have been impacted the most by having the power returned to the states that was previously under row was captured by the federal level based on that Supreme Court ruling of row. So like which, which positions might have the biggest influence on abortions being well allowed or not allowed at the state level like which how would you know, would that be i'm not yeah city council mayor you know who's who are the most important roles that are that have now been empowered by roe being overturned so actually as a state as a whole the whole state's going to be impacted um so it actually is also going to depend on uh, what party is the majority um if you'll have some states like california where the uh, assembly or the legislative body is uh, the Democrats. So you'll see more abortions allowed in those blue states. You'll see more uh, some of those states, the red states uh, like Arizona, uh, that are for uh, life and, and, and against abortion, that the legislative body will be able to uh, make those adjustments through law. And that law will trickle down to uh, cities and towns. I have um, I also spoken with some mayors and some city council folks where they are actually making ordinances in Arizona to turn their cities into a uh, Second Amendment sanctuary city, which means that parent, Planned Parenthood is not allowed in their cities, in some of their cities, and they would be fined. So uh, you have uh, local government doing something and you have the national or the state government doing something and it just depends on the majority. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot more yeah, the um, the amount of influence in the pro-life and the abortion arena has. Yeah, it, it, like everything from the school board on up, I feel like there is a, there's, there's room for people to get involved to who care about life and who care who have good um, principles, uh, integrity to to make a, a more of an impact today than than we than we did under Roe. I feel like there's greater room. To, to have a, a positive influence now. Yeah, we also need to make sure that we are offering services for these women uh, that are pregnant. Um, we can't just say uh, they're, you know, we're, if you if you get an abortion, you're breaking the law. We have okay. to make sure that um, our, our DCS, Department of Children's Safety, uh, our services, uh, their adoption agency portion, that, that it is streamlining people that want to adopt uh, these babies, they have an opportunity um, that the foster care is cleaned up, that there is appropriate funding and resources to all these 501Cs that want to give an alternative to an abortion rather than not giving those alternatives. Because what we will see are people crossing um, into other states where abortion is legal. And we may see some folks doing uh, backdoor abortions, which could really harm uh, the person. 
Um, so we have to make sure that we are we are we are staying ahead of this curve of Roe v. Wade as state legislators to protect uh, and and care for these folks that are pregnant. When it comes to surgical abortions, it feels like that is being you know legislated. But when it comes to the medicated abortions and the abortion pill, um, it feels like that's very easy for that to slide through the post office and for someone to gain access. Um, there doesn't seem to be much of a, a gate to to control uh, abortion pills or medicated abortions. Um, and if someone has when someone has a complex situation, they'll probably just be encouraged to go to the ER and say something other than they took an abortion pill if it's not allowed. They'll probably be encouraged to say something else. Um, yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, and that's where education plays a big part in this. Instead of educating our kids uh, on it's okay to end a life, it's okay to kill a baby, how about we educate on preventive measures? You can't go to any high school and uh, go into a nursing uh, office and that nurse or practitioner does not have a contracept, have contracept. Uh, in most cases, those those things are free. We're 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 at a time where there are more measures to mitigate abortion rather than or uh, mitigate being getting pregnant before they're pregnant than afterwards. Um, so I do see that uh, slipping through, and it's just going to depend on what states are going to do, how strict they're going to get. Arizona has no law on the books uh, for that uh, because we didn't foresee Roe v. Wade. Uh, this past legislation uh, really being overturned. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm sure when the Arizona House of Representatives and the Senate go back into session in January, that they'll, you're going to see bills that um, either support um, folks able to get that stuff in the mail or that are opposed to it and have those penalties. Well, I'm I'm excited. That, yeah, I'm excited that we have pro-life people working, and I've just I, and I guess the prayer is that more people will stand up and and run for different levels of government office who have a pro-life um, you know a desire for for life to be protected and to be uh, cherished with value and as something that yeah is um, should be equally pr protected regardless of you know how old uh, or where it is. Um, so thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah, hearing some of your your intellectual um, your, your thoughts on the abortion law here in Arizona. And I just yeah, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thanks so much, and I do appreciate you. Mm -hmm.